Okay, so I have loved Maybelline since I became aware of it when I was, you know, probably 13, 14. I have used Maybelline for that long. And their new Lifter Plump Lip Gloss is absolutely insane. It is so fabulous. It gives me the perfect puffy pout. And one thing about me is I always have a lip on. Like I wake up in the morning, I brush my teeth and I apply a lip. I'm I'm just that girl. I'm sorry. I have to. And I'm obsessed with this new Lifter Plump. Okay. Here's why. There's a little heat in it and it just makes your lips look so kissable, so perfect, so divine. I'm obsessed, quite frankly. Can you take the heat? Find your shade at Maybelline.com or a retailer near you. Amazon shoppers get 10% off Lifter Plump purchase with code 10PLUMP for a limited time. Thankfully, C4 Energy has reinvented the energy drink game with C4 Smart Energy, the only energy drink clinically proven to provide enhanced mental focus. C4 Smart Energy is formulated with 200 milligrams of natural caffeine from green coffee beans, plus potassium, niacin, and vitamin B12 to support well-being and help you feel your best, all while promoting fat burn and boosting metabolism. So I have recently tried C4 Smart Energy, and let me tell you, it is giving me a boost. That caffeine is hitting because I have a very short attention span. I get distracted so easily, and I tried it, and I was like, yeah, this is a boost all right. I love that. Look for smart energy every day in the beverage aisle at your local Target. Go grab a can and share on social media tagging at C4 Energy and the It's Me Tinks podcast to show how smart energy helps you stay focused wherever you are. C4 Smart Energy. Stay focused. Here's a little travel secret. The best time to visit Scottsdale, Arizona is actually in the summer. When you summer in Scottsdale, you can stay in five-star resorts for three-star prices and get access to the best Scottsdale has to offer at the best rates. There are so many ways to stay cool while feeling hot in Scottsdale over the summer, including tranquil pool scenes or rowdy pool parties, world-class shopping museums and art galleries. You guys, I love the idea of going to Scottsdale this summer. I'm about to fire up my group chat and book a trip because I literally love getting an amazing deal on a five-star hotel. Like, oh my gosh, I cannot think of anything better. Plus me, you know, I love the sun. I love to lay by a gorgeous pool, sipping a drink, knowing that I'm going to a fabulous restaurant that night. And I love that it won't be overcrowded. Visit experiencescottsdale.com slash tinks to learn more and start planning your trip. That's experiencescottsdale.com slash tinks. Hello, guys. Happy Friday. Welcome back to It's Me Tinks. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the show on the SiriusXM app, Stitcher, Apple, or wherever you may get your podcast so that you never miss an episode. Hi, guys. How are you? Happy Friday, indeed. Um, what a week it's been. It's felt like a bit of a whirlwind because I this is my first week back, so just catching up on everything. Guys, I just met Brian's dog. She got a puppy. And I need to tell you that I was so nervous to meet Brian's dog. If you are new, Brian is my best friend, like really, really best friend. I know I say that I have a lot of best friends and I do, but she really is my my twin flame. And so I was very nervous that I, not that I wouldn't like her dog, Kaya, but just like that we wouldn't vibe. See, I am ready to come out and say fully now, 
that I'm a cat person. I am. Everyone knows it. I'm just, let's be honest here. However, if you are a cat person, you know that we often quite like dogs as well. And I do. However, I don't like all dogs. You know, dog people, they like all dogs, even the ones that look like mangy hyenas, you know, all those weird one looking ones like they, you know, dog people will will take anything that they can get. Cat people, you know, we usually are like, yeah, no dogs are good. Also, can we just take a minute to say that cat people are so much more accepting of dog people and dogs than dog people are of cat people? Like, this is my impression of um of a cat person. Yeah, I love cats, but um dogs are so cute too. I love dogs. They're so nice. This is my impression of a dog person. Cats? You like cats? Are you sick in the head? Are you a fucking murderer? Okay, that's psychotic. I'm never coming to your house. And then they all lie and say that they're allergic to cats. And it's like, okay, well, I think that can tell us a lot about the personalities of dog and cat people. As you guys know, I hope to get a dog, but I just can't do it until I have like a boyfriend or uh yeah, like a live-in boy who can stay home with the dog. Um because I texted Lauren and I was like, do you think we can handle a dog? And she was like, absolutely not. She's like, no. She's like, have you looked at your schedule lately? I was like, okay. And um, and then I asked you guys and you were like, absolutely not. You're not ready. You're not ready. So anyway, I hope I can't wait for the day that I can get Lammy. I have all my pets named, you know, in advance. So the next dog, the two dogs that I'm going to get are named Lammy and Honey Dijon. And then my next cats are going to be called Sushi and Miso. Or maybe Uni but we don't know yet. Anyway, I digress. I met Kaya, who's um, Brian's Samoyed puppy, and she's so sweet. She's like a walking stuffed animal. She has such a nice temperament, and we got along like a house on fire, so I'm very, very relieved. Very relieved indeed. Um, This episode is going to be about Sex in the City, which has probably... I'm going to say has had the most impact on my life as a TV show of any other TV shows. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, but first, I want to talk about going to the gynecologist because it is important. I went yesterday and I was going to put up a story of me like in the gyno office being like, oh, my God, like the worst day of the year, like worst appointment of the year. And then I was like, whoa, hold the phone tanks. That's literally the dumbest thing you've ever thought because you are beyond privilege that a you can afford to go to the doctor every year and get the get your checkups b that you live in a state where you can talk to your doctor freely about contraception and whatever and I don't need an abortion right now but if I needed one I could talk to her about it and so I was like Jesus that's not cool and then I started thinking about social media and how you know we Social media is really helpful when issues and, and and things arise in the beginning because there's like a big swell and people raise money for it and they, you know, everyone posts the infographics. But you guys know how I feel about this. Like, I don't even know if that's the most effective way to deal with things because I feel like after the swell, there's like another tragedy that's, the, you know, the media is, you know, showing us and we have to focus on that. And then we kind of forget about the other one. Not to say that I haven't thought every day about um access to abortions since the ruling happened but it did it's not as top of mind as I as it was and that's scary so like while I'm having a nice yearly gynecological checkup um my sisters in the restricted states are like literally fighting for their rights um so I decided to donate um the 
amount of my doctor's appointment to um, abortion funds. And if you can, if you're able to, if it's not a stretch, why don't next time you go to the gyno, why don't you do the same? Kind of just a nice thing to say or remembering we're still fighting, we're still with you. That being said, going to the gyno is um, it's one of those universal female experiences that is so funny and there's so many funny things about it that it's just like it's so bad you have to honestly laugh like everything like you go in and you're like oh fuck like first of all I'm gonna have to answer like all those questions like am I sexually active like oh my god what contraception do you use like how many partners do you have like all that cringy stuff and you're like my doctor's so nice but even still you kind of feel like oh are they gonna judge me whatever then you have to have your boobs touched and I one thing about me guys I'm ticklish as fuck okay like literally anything tickles me and I can't control myself like I flail like a baby and so when she was doing the boob check I was literally laughing hysterically and I couldn't and I couldn't even look at her. It was so embarrassing. I was like, this is really embarrassing. And I'm kind of a baby about all that stuff. I don't know if I've told you guys that before, but blood draw, like, don't even get me started on the fucking speculum thing. You know, the thing that looks like a wine opener and then they like lube it up and they put it in you and you're just like, okay, you're looking inside of me right now. You know, it's not great. Like, it's just one of those things that you have to do, but it's not great. And I want to, I just was just going for my checkup and whatever I I get my thyroid check there and I've been having problems with it so that's why I went but anyway the, the second sermon of this gyno uh, ty- uh speech is that if you're younger like I know that it's cringy to go but it's so important to have your annual checkup get pap smears do all that good stuff and yeah like it's annoying and it's just like it's a bit of an embarrassing situation but go and also I want to say I didn't know how my body worked until I was literally 25, 26. Like I just didn't know about cycles and all that kind of stuff. And I think it was because I was on the pill for so long that I just like didn't think about it. Um, And then when I came off it and I have an episode about this as well or very early on about my birth control journey and everything like that, I sort of started to be like, wait, how many days is my cycle? Wait, what is ovulation? And it's embarrassing. Like I consider myself to be a pretty smart person and I had no fucking idea how my body worked. None, none at all. None at all, because there isn't an emphasis on education, right? Um, and you know, sometimes it takes a few times to find a, a doctor who you trust. And I, it took me a couple times in LA. The first doctor I went to, she just wasn't very. I just needed someone who I could speak to freely. And now I have this amazing gynecologist who's like an endocrinologist too. So she deals with my thyroid and I can ask her anything and I can be like, literally, what days can I get pregnant? Like silly questions like that. Sorry, I take that back. It's not a silly question. Any basic questions you have about your period, about your rights, like if you, you know, you have to just be able to ask those questions to your doctor because that's what they're there for. And it's not embarrassing. Like, don't be embarrassed. I literally didn't know how anything worked. I was like, so wait, you you can get pregnant how or what? This, this and that? Like, I swear to God, um, because I just didn't think about it because I was on birth control. Um, But yeah, it's, it's interesting. I don't love the pap smear part, but you know what? It's healthy. You got to do it. Got to get those checks. Enough about vaginas. Let's move on to uh, something a little bit more light. And let's talk about Sex and the City. As I said, I think that this show has had more of an impact on me than maybe any TV show ever. I watched it in the first time around in high school. And now thinking back, I'm just like, guys, how the fuck did I watch that show with my mom? I literally watched Samantha getting railed, like literally 
a million times with my mom we would I remember we would always like sit and have chips on a Friday night and like watch the show and we like loved it together I just cannot imagine doing that now that would cringe me out so much to watch someone having sex like even on TV I just I just cannot handle watching sex with parents in the room like on even in a movie even in a movie anyway what I wanted to do today was go through sex in the city through the lens of some of my theories here's what I'll say about five years ago it became very trendy to hate Carrie that was like the thing to show that you were like woke and push forward and you were like oh my god like she's the worst um she's the woke literally and Miranda's the best I agree I want to say that I agree. We all know Carrie's a narcissist. And also, fundamentally, she's not a good friend. She is the friend who makes everything about herself. Coco and I were rewatching Sex and City in, um, in Italy. And literally every time one of her friends says something, you know, Charlotte will say, oh, I'm dealing with this. She'll be like, oh, like, I have an issue. I have this. Like, you know, makes it about herself. She's truly the worst friend ever. Um, but that being said, I think that hating on Carrie is very pre-pandemic vibes. It's kind of passe. I think it's out. I think that the cool new thing that's in is to be neutral towards Carrie and transcend and realize what we can learn from her, both like on a personal level of what we shouldn't be like and also from her dating life because boy, there is a lot to learn. Okay. There is a lot to learn. So let's dive right in. Um, box theory. Okay. I am going to argue that Carrie is in the hookup box from the beginning with Mr. Big. If you go back and you watch that first episode, literally, um, it's he, she's in the hookup box. He doesn't take her seriously. And then if you remember in that episode, there's a big thing of, is she going to sleep with him on the first day? And, you know, Charlotte's like, you shouldn't sleep with him. Like, that's going to ruin it, ruin it, ruin it, ruin it. In my opinion, in my professional opinion, professional meaning that I have a podcast that makes me a professional she was in the hookup box um before she boned him I think so yeah Charlotte would argue no it's because she slept with him I don't think that's true she just for some for whatever reason she was in the hookup box now you guys always say ask me is there a way to move from hookup box to date box and I always say can you manipulate and force and wait and you know just your way into dating a guy sometimes yeah you can and I would argue that that's what happened with Carrie if you remember they are on and off for 10 years now that's not even enough evidence I'm going to bring the receipts okay remember how when they are dating the first time around she he doesn't introduce her to any of his friends and then there's the issue with the mom the episode take me to church I think it's called or Oh my god, it's like the most cringy episode ever because she sees um she sees Big and his mom at church and then she like makes I think she takes uh Miranda with her and she bumps into them and then he introduces her as his friend Carrie. And she's like, "Why didn't you introduce me like as your girlfriend?" And he's like, "I don't need to introduce my mom to to another girl." Like he doesn't even consider her his girlfriend at that point and they've been dating for like several weeks, okay? And then remember, they're supposed to go on the trip. And she says, no, I don't want to go. Um, because he doesn't take her seriously. Also in the beginning, he's dating other people. There's that episode where she sees him on another date. He's dating other people. If a guy is truly obsessed with you, he's not dating other girls. From the second that he starts dating you, if, if you're in the date box, he's not, he's not going on dates with other girls. 
Maybe he's wrapping up a few other girls he's talking to. He is not. He is not going on active dinner dates with other girls if he's like, I want to fucking date this girl. So did she end up in the date box, aka marriage box, whatever? Yeah. It took her 10 fucking years. And then what? look, look what happened at the wedding. He had all those reservations and we all know how the movie went. Anyway, so some people would say, well, she ended up well, let me ask you this. Is there actually anybody out there who's team big? Is there actually anybody out there who's like, yeah, she ended up with the right guy? I don't think so. I think that you need to get your head checked if you think that Mr. Big is actually the right guy for her. It took her literally 10 years on again, off again, breaking up his fucking marriage with another woman. Only to have him leave her at the altar only to have him, did I do that right? Only to have him leave her at the altar and have a big kerfuffle. It's box theory. This is why you got to trust the box theory. You got to go with a guy who is obsessed with you. Um, also it's, Carrie tries so many times to, um, to be the woman that he wants to be like remember when she like changes her hair and starts dressing like different because she thinks that he wants a certain type of girl and it's like no you're just in the in the hookup box he just never saw you and thought oh that's gonna be my wife on the contrary let us remember how he met Natasha they met in Paris and in the article in the New York Times article of their wedding Natasha and Big, it's like they met, they married six months later. Okay. Why? Because Natasha was in the motherfucking date box. Big saw Natasha across the room in a cafe in Paris, sent a bottle of wine over, and they were dating the next day or something. It says that in the article. This is the clearest example. Oh my God. I can't believe I haven't done this before. This is unbelievable. This might have to be a two parter. That is the clearest example of box theory ever. And Carrie can't get it in her thick head. She cannot let it go. Why? Why? Because reverse box theory. Because reverse box theory. Aiden, on the other hand, Aiden had Carrie in the date box from the get-go. And this is another perfect example of box theory. Carrie treats Aiden like a piece of dirt on her shoe. Carrie is literally so mean to Aiden. And I get he's icky and I'm going to get to that in a second. But this man is obsessed with her. Okay, he introduces her to his parents. Stark contrast to Big. Remember that episode and Carrie like freaks out and she's like, oh, I don't want to meet your parents. And it's like, okay, Carrie, you obviously just don't like him. Um, he he she cheats on him with her fucking ex. He takes her back. Remember, she's a bad dog mom to Pete, his dog. She's just consistently a bitch to him. Remember the computer episode when her computer breaks and she somehow like blames Aiden for it. And then Aiden buys her a brand new orange MacBook and she throws it in his face. She's like, I don't want this. I want my old computer. Okay, hon. Okay, sweetie. Your boyfriend buys you a new computer and you're like, I don't want it. Relax. Relax. He fucking proposes to her and she won't wear the the engagement ring on her finger and Aiden sticks in it he sticks in it why because she is in the date slash Mary box that's all there is to it I should have written my thesis on this I'm so fired up this is the clearest example of box theory I've ever shown you guys in my life let's move on to another theory slash character reverse box theory you know who I'm gonna call on for this one Charlotte 
Charlotte is the walking example of how reverse box theory is dangerous. Okay. From the beginning, Charlotte is always a person who's obsessed with how someone looks on paper. She's like, oh my God, this guy, like these are his credentials. Like that's how she always introduces guys to the other women when they're at lunch or whatever. She's like, he's a lawyer. He's this, he's that, whatever. She's obsessed with the on paper vibe and not with like how she actually feels. And this gets her in a bit of a pickle with Trey. So she meets Trey. It's like a meet cute. He's old money. You know, she loves that preppy vibe. She's obsessed with him. Um, And he's a doctor. She thinks his family is like rich and cool. And he is what she always imagined. So before even falling in love with him, before even having sex with him, she's like, yep, this is the one. This is the one. Okay. And then when they get married, it turns out she doesn't really know him all that well. And I don't just mean about the sex, but about the baby. Like it's about how he deals with things. It's about how they resolve conflict. It's about his relationship with his mom because she just thought this is it. This is it. Like I am putting this guy on a pedestal. I want to marry him no matter what, without even thinking like, how does he make me feel? Like, how does he make me feel? Do we want the same things? Are we aligned in our vision for the future? And then everything fucks up. I also will say, personally, I could never, ever, I mean, truly, 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 truly never marry someone without having sex with them. I know that's some people's choice. I cannot fathom that, to be honest with you. Especially because, like, Charlotte has had sex before and she likes sex, even though she has a different relationship to sex than other, the other women. She likes to get down. So the fact that she decided that and you know what I think that even plays into the reverse box theory thing because she has this idea that Trey is kind of like she has he's the one and she wants it to be perfect so she almost wants to re-virginize herself for Trey so that her perfect fairy tale wedding is even more perfect in fairy tale because some people think that that makes it better or whatever and obviously that ends in flames this is why you should not get attached to the idea of a man you should get attached to how he makes you feel. Okay, now I want to talk about the ick and I want to go lightly here because I know the ick is contentious. So (laughs) Aiden is a walking ick. Even though I'm fundamentally team Aiden, actually I'm not because that would be unfair to him and he would have a bad life if he ended up marrying Carrie because she would just be a bitch to him for the rest of their lives. Aiden is a walking ick. Like, remember that episode where he's like, how you doing, Pop-Tart? Like, oh, hey, honey bun or whatever. It's just so cringy. And like everything he does is cringe and ick. And he's it's because he's so obsessed with her. And this is why you need to find a guy who puts you in the date box and who you like too. Because if you're in the date box of someone and you like them, it's the best feeling in the fucking world. You're like, oh my God, this is unbelievable. You know, we're falling in love and they're so obsessed with me. And as you guys know, I think it's in straight, cis, male, female relationships, I hetero relationships, I do think it's better if the guy likes the girl first. The guy likes the girl a little bit more in the beginning, just in the beginning. I'll dig into that in, at a later episode, but I do think that's true. So it, we, you've all had that feeling where, yeah, you're in the date box and you can feel it, but you like them back and it's just like orgasmic. You are freaking out. It's like a big sleigh. You, every day you wake up and you're like, you see that morning text and you think slay. Now, when you're in the date box of someone that you don't want to date, 
you wake up and see that morning text and think barf. You think, ew, you think flop. You think this man is in his flop era and I'm not having any of it. So it's an important distinction. But yeah, he's a little, he's an ick. He's just very into her right away. So I think also icks are a, a lot about whether it's a match or not, you know, because if, if something's, if you really love someone, you can get over their icks. I do believe that. I do believe you can honestly come to, um, you can overcome an ick if you really like them, but she never liked Aiden. She never, ever liked him. By the way, I saw that he is Aiden, um, whatever that, I think his name is John Corbett. The actor is coming back for season two of, um, and just like that. Which, honestly, I hope that he can save that dumpster fire of a season one. It's tough, you know. I, As I said, this show I have has impacted me more than almost any other show. And I find it incredibly comforting. I would say I've probably seen the entire season or the entire whole series eight, ten times over. Maybe more. Maybe more, honestly. But when when they showed me and just like that, I just wondered, like, why would they destroy my childhood? You know, I guess that was my question to the HBO Max execs is like, why? Why would you ruin my life? You know what I mean? That being said, did I watch it? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did, because I love them. And that's a testament to the show, because it was like, I don't even care what they're doing. I'm still going to watch it because I love them so much and there's history here and it's so important. And, you know, I mean, look, like obviously I wanted to be like Carrie in some way. I want to just say that. And even though it hurts when you guys say, oh, you're you're a millennial Carrie Bradshaw because like I don't think that I'm a narcissist in that way. Obviously, I grew up and I was like, I wanted to be a writer. And like I before I wore athleisure every day, I actually wore cool outfits when I lived in New York and when I was younger and all that stuff. So I have an incredibly deep emotional attachment to the show. I just was at a bit of a loss for words with and just like that. But maybe season two will be good. Maybe season two will be good. Um okay. Let's talk about Burger. Jack Burger. Ugh, I that was just one of the best relationships because it was so uncomfortable to watch that it was so fun and I don't know, I think everybody has dated someone exactly like Burger. Um Burger, I'm going to talk about through the lens of ghosting and small dick energy. He's just a great example of an insecure man. He's insecure from the beginning. And insecure men drag every woman down with them that they date. It's really, really an insecure man is a very dangerous thing. Let me put it that way. And I don't know if I've overtly stated that before. And I want you guys to be really cognizant of like, is this man insecure? And I'm not talking about like, oh, does he go into a room and like beat his chest and you know, whatever. I'm talking about like deep, deep insecurity. Because when people are deeply insecure, they often hurt those closest to them. So obviously, you know, it's kind of a rocky start. And then he has her read his book and there's the issue with the scrunchie and she won't let it go. By the way, that is a perfect example of how Carrie is just so insufferable. Like, why did she go on and on about it? Like, that's not right. That being said, he shouldn't have reacted it in the way that um, he did. Uh, also here, I want to say when someone tells you who they are, listen, right? That's Maya Angelou via Oprah. Burger is literally 
so insecure from the beginning. He just has so many issues from the beginning. He has that weird noise machine from his ex. He, you know, he has his midlife crisis motorcycle. He's just not it. And she just wants to fit a square peg in a round hole. She really does. I think she has a little bit of reverse box theory on this one too, because she's like, oh my God, he's a writer. And like, she thought he was cute and whatever, but she doesn't actually concentrate on how he makes her feel, which is like crazy. And then there's the whole issue with the Prada shirt and she buys it, buys it for him. And it's just, they are a mismatch. You should never force someone to date you who doesn't want to date you. And that's so clearly what it's happened. And I've, I've definitely had this. I've definitely had this where I'm just like, I get a weird be weird be in my bonnet about a guy and I just kind of like try to make it work even though we are genuinely the most incompatible people in the world. It just it shouldn't be that hard. It really shouldn't. There shouldn't be that much friction at the beginning. When you don't know what you want, you drag everyone else down with you. That's one of my favorite mantras. And Burger doesn't know what he wants and he also feels like a loser and he feels insecure because he is an insecure loser to be honest with you um and I I just would advise against dating insecure losers trust me it's just not worth it then let's talk about about the breakup I'm sorry I can't don't hate me on the post-it iconic absolutely iconic scene absolutely iconic um listen we've all had someone dump us in a really unsavory way that feels like wait what the fuck like we were having sex, like you need to do more than send me a post-it or a text or whatever. But in my opinion, that just makes it so clear who he is. Like that perfectly illustrates who he is. Small dick energy. He couldn't ever have an open conversation with her. He couldn't ever just like tell her what he was thinking. It just, he was never honest with her and it just wasn't a vibe. They were on completely different wavelengths and she just kept trying to push it. Even with the sex, remember at the beginning it was like they were both two in their head and whatever. The whole thing just felt like really really mismatched and she just could not could not let it go. And then she got dumped with a post-it. So just be careful of insecure men. That was so fun, you guys. Okay, my idea for the next Sex and the City episode is what I'm going to do is take all the concepts from Sex and the City that they put forward and see if they're still true today. So, for example, you know how um, they have this thing called the scent, which I actually think is really true. Like, so much of Sex and the City is true about dating, and it's, it is so relatable and I, I want to dig into all of that, too, because it's so amazing. So we'll do another episode soon. On Monday, I have a very exciting episode. I'm going to do a back to school episode. I'm going to go cover high school, college and grad school because I've been to all three little geeky freak over here. And um, I'm going to give you my tips for going back to school, any anxiety you might feel about going back to school and how to make the most out of all of the different schools that you might be at. Um, yeah, I hope you have a wonderful, safe weekend and I will see you on Monday. Lots of love, guys. Bye.
have you heard about Roback Activewear? Well, let me introduce you. You may have seen that subtle dog logo on your man's polos, hoodies, or Q-zips, but now Roback is growing their women's line. They strive for the best fit and best feel. I am so glad that Roback is now doing women's wear as well because they really have it down when it comes to super soft athletic wear that is just the cutest ever and so, so, so comfortable. You know me. I'm all about comfort. I'm all about feeling cozy while on the go, and I am always on the go. So go Roback. We love that you're in women's wear now. It's 2024. The spring's coming, and ladies, it's time to check out Roback for yourself. So use the code TINKS on Roback.com for a generous 20% off your first order for all hoodies, joggers, skorts, and more. That's spelled R. H-O-B-A-C-K dot com. That's 20% off with the code TINKS.